No surprise, uh, but there is huge demand for Russell Howard's respite tour, which kicks off in Auckland next Tuesday. If you haven't seen his stand-up, there's a good special on Netflix, but he's also known for satirical takes on politics, news, entertainment and all the rest on the Russell Howard Hour. And these shows have racked up 400 million views on social media. Russell joins us now. Welcome to New Zealand, first of all. How are you doing? I'm doing as well as anyone could be expected after uh, eight days in a hotel room with myself. Um, it's been pretty strange. I'm not sure if you ever spent two weeks in a hotel room on your own. But, um, yeah, it's pretty lonely. But, yeah, I'm good. So have you been able to find stuff to keep yourself amused? Yeah. Well, basically, I've just been writing jokes um, and preparing the talk. Because you can't do gigs in the UK. Um, so I thought I'd come here, because I had some shows anyway, um, and sit in a room with, with all the stuff I've written over the last two years and try and put together... I did like an arena show in the UK uh, last uh, October, so I'm trying to mix that with stuff that I wrote over the summer when I was doing gigs in car parks. Uh, and now um, all the stuff that's happened since. So it's weirdly quite good fun, just sort of sat in a room, just kind of like trying to write jokes. You feel like um, uh, like you're a band and you're trying to sort of put together the perfect playlist, you know. And, and the very fact that when I get out of here, you know, life is normal. There'll be audiences, you know, it's going to be like, you know, nice little gigs. It's like sort of, you know, there'll be 2,000 people there, stuff next to each other. I cannot wait. It's going to be wild. So to be honest, it's like spending two weeks in a dressing room. So, you know, you can use the time wisely or you can sort of just sit and waller, you know. When you go back over that much material, there must be times when you wonder why you thought this thing was funny and I suppose occasionally, oh, wow, I'd forgotten how funny that was. Completely. Both. Yeah, it's extraordinary. Going through, you know what it's like, you know when you go through the notes on your phone, some of it is just absolute gobbledygook and then there's little bits you go oh it's quite funny that I remember once waking up in the dead of night and I wrote this little idea because I thought of like a little joke um, I was in a hotel room in New York and then the next day I looked at the note and i just written down ISIS and that was <laughs> and you know when you just like not really much use there mate um, so that's what's funny you're sort of going through old notes and you're yeah, you're trying to decipher it. It's like Egyptian sort of scrolls, and you're like, what do I mean by musket? What does musket mean? Hmm, you know? And then there's other bits that you kind of happen upon. But I think if you're very lucky and you have a job that is also a kind of a purpose and a mode of existence, then it's it's amazing how quickly the time goes because you're you're kind of sifting through these thoughts. And um, it's actually quite quite good fun. And then you realise six hours have gone by because you've been trying to write a joke about your dog. You rely in stand-up on that live feedback, don't you? And when you can't have that, it must hamper what you're trying to do, does it? Yeah, massively. Of course it does, yeah. And you realise, and the beautiful thing about stand-up is that it's created with, not for. So these are all uh, jokes that are created in isolation on your own. Their hypotheses, their predictions, but you don't really know whether they work until you have a live experiment. And then the crowd let you know whether it's working by, by laughing. And if they're not, it's not working. So it's time to go back to the to the lab. It's like it's this sort of beautiful form of kind of 
connective alchemy that a, a really great audience has no idea the power they have because they let you get to funnier, different places that you wouldn't, you simply wouldn't get to if you were sat there. Russell Howard will uh, be back with us in just a couple of minutes. We're going to take a short break. His respite tour kicks off in Auckland next Tuesday. This has been postponed for a year because of COVID-19, but so, so much is the interest in it. Some extra dates have been added, so details of those will be on our website. Back with more in just a couple of minutes, 12 past eight. News Talks will be 14 after 8, back with Russell Howard and the Respite Tour about to begin in Auckland next week. Before the break, you were talking about how important it is uh, to work in front of an audience, you know, a live uh, audience. Is that what was behind the lockdown shows you did, Russell Howard at home? First lockdown last year, and you just couldn't go anywhere. So what I did was I did a, a show from my bedroom and all the money went to like a food bank charity, which kind of feeds uh, sort of homeless people, people struggling. So it felt like it was a really good way of doing a benefit gig where people were kind of, you know, sort of really struggling. So I got to chat with people and, and kind of just talk to my screen, but without it being... I just felt the idea of trying to make money off the back of it was a bit like yuck. But um, yeah, that was the point really. It was just like, is there a way that we can do benefit gigs for people? So that was the thing behind that. And then the team, I did another show called Russell Howard, um, the, the Russell Howard Hour even. Um, and that was so weird this year because obviously we were talking about the pandemic a lot. We were talking about the lockdowns. We were talking about the British government's approach. And some weeks we'd have 200 people in, and normally it's like a 500 seater, but we'd have it socially distant. Some weeks it went down to tier three, and we were only allowed 50. There was a couple of occasions when there was nobody in the crowd, and I was literally performing stand-up to people at home through chairs. There were just chairs there, and there's such a fine line between comedian and nutter on the bus when you're bellowing at chairs. Um, so yeah, it's been a, it's been an unusual experience, but I'm really lucky that that you know I'm I'm able to work throughout this pandemic. You know, I've got a job, and particularly as a kind of comedian, and and the arts are really struggling at the minute. So yeah, you you just can't complain really. Do you feel that you've got better at the job because of this? I think you're definitely more grateful for the job because I think we all sort of like moan about you know, audiences from time to time or kind of workload. But, you know, I know friends of mine that haven't worked for, for months and they would be so desperate for any kind of purpose or a thing to do or a place to go or a, a task to achieve. It certainly is a comedian. You just kind of, it sort of reminds you to be grateful. That, I mean, look at me, it's wild. I get to travel from Britain that's in a stage four lockdown and I get to go to New Zealand and I have to spend two weeks in a hotel on my own. But once you've done that, you get to do shows and there's going to be thousands of people waiting for you there. And what unbelievable privilege. So it sort of reminds you that you should never take it for granted. And if all this ends one day, you know, it does. But you should really go for it while you're able to. 
one element of what you do with your TV show is using little clips from the internet, and there's been a whole new wave of stuff from people who got bored in lockdown. It has revealed, though, there's a lot of very funny people out there. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Well, and what's really funny is that in the last couple of years, the very concept of laughter has been under this weird attack of like this certain things you cannot laugh at and you can't. You, and it's just, it's the one thing laughter does, it, it's, it's a mechanism through which you can exist, through which you do life. It's like, that's what everybody does. People, people laugh at silly stuff, dark stuff, weird stuff, simple stuff. But it's, it's such a human reaction to tell stories and be a bit dark. Just break the tension of existence. And that's what laughter can do. And, um, I think what's really fascinating, I think because we've amplified the fringes, the rights and the left, they they don't really speak for the majority of people. The majority of people just want to have a good life. They want all their friends and loved ones to be all right. And they want to, they want to just crack on with life. So I think, I think some of the debates around comedy get really serious sometimes, but they just exist in the world of social media. The world of social media isn't real. There you are, Russell Howard, uh, speaking to us from quarantine.